If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Max Hoberman from Certain Affinity, and when I'm not making awesome multiplayer games, I'm listening to IGN's Podcast Unlocked. Podcast Unlocked. What's happening, everybody? It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 217 for October 21st, 2015, a date that should seem familiar. We'll talk about why in a minute. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my left, the shark, Sean Finnegan. Hello, everyone. You. Thank you for having me. The ever-trim, ever-buff, oh, Destin well, Legary. Thank you. Yeah, Hi, everybody. Look at you. And this unfamiliar fellow may be unfamiliar. I'm not trim, not buff. <laughs> None of those. Slender. Nathan, get right on that microphone so we hear everything I'm gonna, I'm eating that you right have now. to say. <laughs> Nathan Vela, you may know him. If that name sounds familiar, it's because you and your team created uh, a couple of recent fantastic games, one of which we've been playing for a while. That's Super Time Force. Super Time Force. And you're working on Below. Indeed. Which is still working on Below. Xbox yeah. One I'll and get PC. get that out of the way right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so I guess let's we'll just start there. Let's get the elephant out of the room. Below is a game that I think I've been seeing since before the console came out. Yeah. Or pretty close to it. So where are we? How close are are we to Below? And for actually for viewers slash listeners that aren't familiar with it, give me the Cliff's Notes. Sure. Give me the elevator pitch version yeah, of so, Below as well. So Below is uh, an adventure meets roguelike meets exploration game. It's a game that is really just about exploring, surviving, and eventually discovering. It's a game... Sold. It's a game where you we don't tell you anything. Yeah. We, you arrive at an island, uh, you play a character that we just call the Wanderer, but there's no real text or dialogue or pop-ups or story words or anything. You just kind of figure it out for yourself. Um, so the Wanderer arrives at the island, um, and you're left to explore um, with the kind of, you know, known purpose of going below. Um, eventually you find your way into the caves or the depths as we call them. Yep. Um, and your entire goal is to survive. And if you manage to survive and you manage to explore with some purpose rather than just run around aimlessly, that's when you can kind of start putting the actual background of the story, the 
pieces of the lore, the reasons for your being there, the goals of the game together through that kind of discovery process. So, I mean, it's it's sword and shield combat. We're not, it, it's, you know, it's not anything crazy on that front, and we're not trying to, like, you know, throw you off the deep end. It yeah. is a game about sword and shield combat. It is a game about uh, lots and lots of death. Um, you will die a lot. <laughs> but when you die, you don't just play the same life over and over and over again. You're actually playing a sequence of lives. So one character that dies is always dead and you arrive at the island as a, a new character huh. with what has happened with the last character kind of persisting. So Interesting. The, the idea behind it is to create a game uh, that takes place predominantly in a single screen. So much, much of the dungeon is actually just a single screen level um, where the camera's really far zoomed back. Uh, you're a tiny character in this kind of massive, expansive and ever-changing world. Um, and we really, uh, really want players to craft their own kind of experience, their own narrative, their own reasons for being there. Some people are going to be there to kill stuff and collect things, but other people might explore more intensely and might use the tools that they have to, you know, try to find some secrets and through that process might actually be able to piece together a story. And then maybe that story will be the story that we meant it to be. And maybe it'll be something totally different that's way cooler than what we even thought it was going to be. Now, Super Time Force was super badass for many reasons. One of which was it had a real quirky, just fun sense of humor to it that was that was only enhanced by its uh, really fun sort of 16-bit style graphics. Mm-hmm. Below is kind of similarly, uh, I mean, not not quite as, you know, maybe bubblegum type visual style, but but kind of a little bit of an old school look yeah, to it, I right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a game that we're really, I mean, the, everything that we make at the studio, we try to put aesthetics forward. It's trying to be audio and visually interesting, not... It's trying to be art directed. It's trying yeah. to have an aesthetic. And that ex- aesthetic, in the case of Super Time Force, was us trying to do our own take, our own kind of style on something that was inspired by old school stuff, but brought into our own kind of new school way. Below, on the other hand, is us trying to think about camera and perspective. And all, a huge part of that game, almost the entire goal of the game, is to create an atmosphere, is to create a tone. Um, and the art is entirely at the forefront of that. It's. I don't know even how to explain it because, I, I mean, it sounds, of course I'm going to say this, but it doesn't look like anything else out there. It's a very different styled game, and the art direction is something that we've spent a huge amount of time on. And yeah. part of the reason why it's taken us a while to make is because figuring out that art style with a tiny little character in this large world, to figure out how to you know, set that tone, to make it feel foreboding and huge and intense while also being inviting and curious and almost poking players into wanting to see what's around every little corner. Um, it's been a huge challenge, and I, I think that's, I mean, that's what we love to do. We love to make, we make all, like, Super Time Force and Below are, in a lot of ways, the furthest apart you could possibly make. Oh, yeah, in, in I can see of, that. One is Super Time Force is a very traditional video game with a very singular hook um, and a very clear style. And then Below is a game kind of about, bigger things about ideas and aesthetics and atmosphere it's yeah it's we make a lot of really weird different stuff and that's why i think we've we like to make the stuff that we make because it's never the same shit well and that's what makes but for me that's what makes 
digital games interesting over the last generation and, and into this <clears> one is because that's where all the risk-taking, the creative risk-taking occurs. I'm not saying it's non-existent in AAA stuff, but... They're more you know, cautious. Publishers are... Yeah. It's pub- basically non-existent. <laughs> yeah. It's close. I mean, publishers are hesitant to commit tens of millions of dollars to something that takes a creative risk, whereas... You know, you were telling me earlier your, your team is uh, you got about two dozen people mm-hmm. at your studio. You can you can uh, sort of walk out on that ledge a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean it's over. We we just had our ten year anniversary as a studio, which is pretty that's crazy. awesome. Yeah, right. I'm I'm very proud of that fact, and I bring it up at every possible opportunity. <laughs> um, and sometimes we'll brag for one to two hours about it. Um, but I people think, like long podcasts. So, yeah, so you know. there you go. I could I could actually fill an entire <laughs> podcast of just bragging about how awesome I think we are. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's the thing. So two eighteen. Nathan's still bragging. <laughs> yes, still going. Uh, yeah, one of the things that I think is 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 amazing about games in general now is that kind of. I think that the cross-pollination between the kind of, like, more heady idea-based independent games and the kind of, like, how do we get as many players playing something cool as possible AAA stuff, um, I think there is a lot of people drawing ideas from both. I think you're seeing a lot of independent developers really trying to find out what pieces of AAA uh kind of like creativity will work in their game right. because they do want to try to find a way to break through to sure. reach a bigger market um, to reach players that aren't necessarily just the indie game players and then on the flip side I think a lot of bigger studios are really inspired by the games that are that are coming out from independent developers or smaller teams I mean you look the example I always use is how effectively Ubisoft has created this kind of like weird culture of every once in a while you get a child of light yep mm-hmm. you get a blood dragon i mean all the way back to from dust and true. scott pilgrim i mean those are many 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 those are five six years ago created by 40 person teams or so um it's a, it's amazing to see that kind of happen and and th- every time i talk to anybody from any of the major publishers that's something that they're all kind of thinking about and then you talk to anybody who's developing uh, you know from the biggest franchises down to new franchises there's always they're always people are always looking both ways i mean we definitely look at um like we understand that the market for small downloadable games is pretty tiny Mm -hmm. it's a it's a relatively small number of people and we have to i think as developers acknowledge the fact that we're not making games for everyone um but if we acknowledge that it means we can actually start thinking about like oh what will make our game more interesting and we can do stuff like you know mike bithel going out and getting andy circus to voice a character <laughs> you know just because like that is something that is interesting and right. AAA does very well so why can't why can't why can't mike do it? You're, you're hitting on something that actually i harp on a lot and i would love your perspective on it for me i think i've long lamented on this show the uh the death of summer of arcade mm-hmm. you know that was a that was a program that microsoft used for many years that really put a lot of digital titles on the map it, you know it was it was at this time when not a lot of AAA things were shipping and it was really it, i would talk developers would fight to be a part oh, of hell it. yeah uh i mean what it was a brawl it, it's it's gone now and is is discoverability of the biggest challenge that you, as a as a small studio with a, with a digital title face on on both Xbox and I suppose probably on PlayStation as well, and even on Steam, I suppose, oh, yeah. where there's a million different things. Yeah, I would say like the after you get out of the like make a good game problem, which is 
the hardest problem. <laughs> um, discoverability is like the second, third, fourth through like twelfth hardest things to do. Um, there's a lot of noise out there nowadays. Yeah. But there's uh, and and to be totally honest, a lot of that noise is really damn good. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there is a higher amount of of good worth your time games than <clears throat> than ever. Absolutely. For sure. And that's an awesome thing for fans. That's a. I think that's part of the reason we've seen the kind of this console generation happen so quickly. Plus. Steam's rise just become so insane so fast is because there's just so much more content from big studios all the way down to small studios. But I do think, I mean, Summer of Arcade, I mean, Summer of Arcade is kind of like the reason why everybody started making console games digitally, right? I mean, that was, we all wanted to be that game. Yeah, that, the that braid, braid, the limbo. Yeah, we yeah. Are, we wanted that opportunity. And even if you didn't get it, you still fought to make something good enough to get in there. And so quality bar goes up. Um, I, I think on all of the digital platforms, uh, I think especially console because their storefronts are so poor compared to Steam, uh, I think it's it's a much bigger challenge. There is no kind of like singular promotions or series of really high quality promotions. I mean, both Microsoft and Sony do good promotions, but they're not events. They're not. They're not kind of moments in the kind of year of gaming that we all press pause, right. and wait, and kind of expect. Steam and then, summer sale. Yeah, but I mean, Steam People summer sale around, is yeah. Steam summer sale is us waiting to get good games at a discount. It's mm-hmm. not waiting for us to be delivered a set of four or five special games, yeah. kind of unique. And I, I, I do think that while I totally understand why some of arcade kind of fell off in terms of popularity and while I do understand why it's no longer a thing, I do think that we're at a point in console, both PS4 and, and Xbox One, where uh, I, I would love to see the platforms putting more focus on how to get the great games that need that extra little bump that could be defining for their platforms that that extra limelight. I think uh, Devolver Digital does a really good job of finding a lot of those guys that are kind of like on the edge and then helping them get the resources that they need to like, you know, tip it over. Oh, absolutely. And they have, and they also, Devolver has a style, right? Mm-hmm. They have, yeah. they have, you know that if you are into their games that you are going to continue to get games that you're into because they have, they have like a, a stable of mm-hmm. games that are all kind of they're very different, but they all fit into the same kind of motif. Or, mm-hmm. or in fact, yeah, we're covering. So you know, you're here. We're going to be doing some big exclusive fun stuff with Below Lots. next week on IGN, all month long. As part of IGN first, we've been taking a look at a different awesome digital game each week, uh, and usually running out like three cool features for the week. You're going to close us out yeah. for October. I'm very excited with, uh, about with that. some brand new Below stuff. Lots for next of, week, yeah, which I'm really excited about. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that, I mean, people, unless you've gone to PAX and sat down and played, <laughs> you probably haven't seen a, more than clips of the game in, right. in years. And so this is going to be a great chance for us to show more than clips and a good chance for us to actually, like, you know, really dive into some of the things that we think make the game cool and interesting and, and challengingly fun. <laughs> So to go back to real quick to the discoverability thing because it's this topic I think is fascinating and I think a lot of gamers just don't think about it they think you know it's it, they they see the game they're like oh yeah I know that it's cool I totally want it they don't think about well what about all what are all the things I'm not seeing mm-hmm. on my console or mm-hmm. on IGN or whatever it is 
how do you go about, you know, because you've, you've chosen to publish the game on console with Microsoft on Xbox One, and you're, you have a PC version as well. We're, we're self-publishing the, Microsoft, or the, the Xbox One version. Self, okay, yeah. so, but it's, it's definitely, like, there is definitely a strong partnership with Microsoft, despite the fact that it's through ID at Xbox. Right. They've been, I mean, there was a point in time where the game was under Microsoft Studios, okay. and then when ID at Xbox was created, uh, Microsoft was really awesome about it because they, I mean, I went and talked to them and said, hey, like, you know, this is a thing that is exactly what we do. Because when, <laughs> even when we were working with Microsoft, we were still funding the project ourselves. That was very important for us to right. have that kind Total of control. layer of control. Um, not that they will remove control from you, but just knowing that it's kind of, you know, our sword that we're going to die on yeah. um, or live on, hopefully. <laughs> um, but they were very cool about us becoming an idea at Xbox game, about us moving from being published to self-publishing. And that, all the way up to, to Phil Spencer, like the fact that they had, they supported us kind of making a change that they didn't even have to support if they didn't want to. Uh, it, it showed me a lot about their drive to make sure that we did the game the way that we wanted to do it rather than the way that they thought best fit their their portfolio right. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, to me, that's, you know, that we get, we get it, people get mixed up quite often because we've been very close with Microsoft mm-hmm. about it. Um, but the reason why I think it's so interesting is because they they explicitly removed any obligation from us to be close with them. They said, you know, you're now self-publishing it. Um, but they gave us so many reasons and have supported the game so much that it, it, it's like, well, yeah, of course we're going to show it with Microsoft all the time as much as we can. Of course, we're going to do our best to, like, you know, backs are being scratched in the best possible way. <laughs> and, then, and, you know, there is a lot of, there is a lot of, you know, it's very rare that you get a chance to be like, no, this is actually, like, they actually deserve props for this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be 10 million comments on the internet that are paid shill and all that kind of stuff, and that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I understand that. But they actually, they do deserve a lot of props for that because the game being self-published gives us a lot of the freedom um, to, for example, take longer than we thought. Right. Without having that pressure, a worry that we're going to get forced to release something when we don't want to. Yeah. So that my the question I was going to ask actually still applies even to everything you just said. I so with the to the discoverability thing, then you are self-publishing through the ID at Xbox program. Yep. Do you, you know, do you just have to start making? making friends with the right people over there so that when the game does come out that maybe you'll get that dashboard promotion or is it like a total crapshoot where you're going to put the game out and then hope that they're going to see fit to uh, help you know help give it some a push no, on it's, their end it's a very long hard intense involved process to make sure that as many people as possible inside any console be it Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo or uh you know, Ouya or anyone uh, yeah. understands that your game is cool, knows why, and and can actually believe in the fact. Like you have to be able to to sell the game internally just as hard as you have to sell the game externally. Um, fortunately, when you're selling it internally, uh, you know, in our case, when we want to bring it to Microsoft and show it and say like, okay, let's you know, give us some space at E3, or it's a much easier thing because they've seen the game grow, they've been a part of the development, whether it's directly or indirectly. Um, and they also kind of, they can 
they can really sniff out something that's worthwhile for them. So uh, the example that I always use is like watching the kind of like skyrocket that is Cuphead. Yeah. And, oh yeah. It's so and, good. And, and it's it's I love those guys. They're fellow Canadians. Yep. Yep. <laughs> one in Saskatchewan, which is hilarious, and one just outside of Toronto, which is amazing. <laughs> I've only ever seen them at conferences, even though we live so close. Chad and Jared. Yep. Good guys. Yep. They're, uh, they're, I, I always try to burn them a little bit on not being friendly to me. <laughs> we're only friends at conference. No, I love those guys. But I, and I love that game is an amazing example of like they gave everybody reasons to care about it. And they continue to give everyone reasons to care about it. And that is how you at least kind of like, you know, start moving forward in terms of getting people to, whether it's uh, internally at a console or externally at, say, IGN, care yeah. about something is you you need to be able to explain to people why it's cool. People need to believe that it's cool. And to me, the the worst thing that anybody does is not speak honestly about their projects is like to is selling their projects instead of actually just selling why it's cool. It's it's very easy to like it's very easy to get in a situation where you don't actually think that the game is rad because there are huge points during development when your game is just not rad. <laughs> it's not ready yet, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that being able to like show and speak honestly about why the game is cool and have people like believe it, that's the first, like that's the big step towards getting any kind of feature placement. And then, then it's just like this massive process of not having a crappy release date when there's 10 other things that could also get featured at the same time. And that's working directly with consoles to figure out what the best window is. And it's a hard, that's a hard, long process. There's, there's about a million things that have to be done. And it's any, any developer that is putting a game out without doing that work is at a severe disadvantage. Nowadays, especially. So uh, last week we were doing a story on the show about um, crap guys. Who was it that that had their their retail release of their digital game canceled? Oh, Shovel Knight. Thank you, Shovel yeah, Knight. They had the Xbox. Version. So they they yeah. they were you know they they were going into retail with it, and for whatever reason you know it didn't it didn't work out. Where the, the Xbox One version couldn't get a retail release. Is that something like with uh, th- that you look at for your games at, at, at some point, maybe down the road after it's out? To d- does the retail market is it important for for even the the kinds of games that you make? This you know the more s- smaller, more unique digital experiences. Um, well, I think it's I think it makes a ton of sense if the game does really well. In the case of Shovel Knight, it makes perfect sense because it had already sold you know five hundred thousand copies or yeah. something crazy like that. That then it becomes an amazing way for hardcore fans to express additional love becomes like a collector's piece for for somebody who really like i i really doubt that more than a quarter of all of the retail sales will be new players i think a lot of i mean i i've already super interested like i I played from start to finish in one sitting on my vita uh and i would like to own it yeah in a cartridge for i i own retro city rampage uh, the PS4. Did. That's interesting. Like so you you suspect that it's largely a lot of a lot I, of I double think, dips. I think it's a, I think it's a, well. I, I mean, I look at it from my perspective, yeah. and I think I'm a pretty good example. And I kind of use myself as a, as an example quite often because I'm a middle aged video game lover uh, with a disposable income who uh, really gets passionate about things that I like. Yeah, and I feel like I buy art books. I buy soundtracks on vinyl i like to have these pieces that are usually beautifully done uh that i can put in my house that i can see in front of me um and i think it's i i love the retail side of of independent games i love 
that it's a thing that can happen now outside. I mean, it used to just happen in, in Germany and mm -hmm. Eastern Europe and really like smaller markets where there was very niche publishers. Right. But now, now that there are no longer kind of, you know, huge obligations to print gajillions of copies off the bat. Now we can actually see smaller, I mean, there's smaller digital turned retail publishers popping up. And that's a really interesting thing for me. I would love like just absolutely adore to to do a real kind of collector's edition retail version of Below when it's finished. I think that would like that's definitely something that like even just for us as creators, if I I would love to give that to fans. I would love to have a chance to be like, hey, you know, it's yeah, you probably already own the game, uh, but here's why it's special. Yeah, you know, here is a th even just the box. I mean, the Shovel Knight box art it's rad. That's like it's, true. It's even you know just having cool printed box art to me is interesting so there's something to be said about experiencing games the way we all did when we were kids where sometimes you weren't even aware of games but then you just spotted it on your friend's shelf and you're like what's or you that? see the box art and it's interesting yeah, yeah. You're like, like, what's you this and you pick it up and you look at it you see it on the back of a magazine or in a nintendo power and obviously times have changed kids discover games through youtube and mm -hmm. you know on the internet way in ways that we never did when we were younger but the idea of uh, stumbling upon something that's yeah. really cool that you had no idea about exists because of things like the retail experience where you're mm -hmm. not looking for it, but you accidentally find it. And I what? think that is very important just to game culture. Mm -hmm. When I see uh, Mass Effect on the store shelves, I still go to buy it. And I'm yeah. like, I have this. <laughs> like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. I just love that that artwork. I, yeah. I think, I mean, I think the fact that we're in a time period in video games where we can be like, hey, that Shovel Knight game is getting a retail release on like a bunch of different platforms and they'd be bummed that it's missing one. Like it's getting a retail release. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that's, yeah. it's, the, I mean, we made, back when we made Clash of Heroes on Nintendo DS, like we went to the store and we bought all of the copies of the game that we made <laughs> off the shelves. And it was one of the most like, I will, it sounds so friggin' lame, but I was honestly just like, holy shit. Like this is like I felt like I had done actually something with my life. I digitally, totally, like, I'm, I can not, understand that, and I'm not knocking. I mean, everything else we've ever done in ten years was was digitally released. But being able to like feel a box of the thing that you built, yeah, uh, it I I had friggin' tears in my. I was just like I, I, I understand. I mean, on a much lesser scale, you know, I I worked in in a, at a print magazine yep. for ten years before this, and I would go to an airport in. We were in vacation in Hawaii one time, and there was the magazine with my picture in it. And yep. it's like, there is. I, I saw I, on a way lower level. I can I, totally I sympathize with I, that. I don't, I don't think it's. I don't think it's lower. It means I think something. It's just, yeah. yeah. Like I we mean, have we have a guy out there. This guy Aransky spent five years making a movie. It got distribution, and he took a picture at Walmart of it sitting on the shelf because it's there. Yeah. It's like a product. Yeah. Like you, I guess. The amount of effort and uh, the you know the artistry that goes into making something digital versus something physical that's no different, right? They're just different mediums. But mm -hmm. being who we are and growing up with the idea, like having things in our hands, like it, mm -hmm. there's some something going on there that's more than sentimental. Yeah. And the fact that it's possible now, I think, is a it's an, a, an amazing. It, it's it's actually like a much bigger deal than we really make it. Like the fact that it is. A possibility for anyone that if you make something that actually justifies having one, you can actually do it without requiring just a, an enormous investment in a warehouse space. And right. Worrying about like shelf space on like competing for shelf space at Walmart used to be like the biggest challenge in oh, the yeah. entire. And now it's just like no, just just sell it on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's no knocking the act of going to physically buy something, but if it shows up at my door, or I walk into a store. 
it's not that much different. I just yeah. like to I like to have it, and I hope I really hope at some point that that another one of our games outside of Clash of Heroes will will end up in a retail release. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, all of that <laughs> stuff. And if you're one of the listeners who doesn't collect physical things of things you like, I would say give it a shot. Don't collect everything. That's very expensive and potentially too collect a thing. Yeah, but like I I collect DVDs like Blu-rays. Because I love movies and I like to have the physical format. And like 20 years from now, I don't want to be stuck without a machine or a format that I can't play anymore. Plus, like the Criterion boxes are just like the oh, yeah. they look so good. I, yeah. I just mm-hmm. want to put them up on my wall instead of art. And Criterion specifically does like great masters of movies oh, yeah. and yeah, like you said, beautiful art, all sorts of features. None of this like sp- like split up features depending on who you buy it from. I, yeah. yeah, don't so, settle for that. Below, we'll be covering it. If, you, if you're intrigued by this conversation with Nathan, and I hope you are, tune in next week, all week to IGN. Uh, I think we're going to be, it's going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three, a new feature each day, brand new footage of the game, you know, the updated version. Nobody's seen it in a while, really. It's, it's so updated that it's being built right now. <laughs> it is actually, we, we wanted to make sure that it wasn't just like the build from PAX. So it's being built by the guys at the studio as we record this podcast <laughs> to make sure it has all of the latest weirdness and, and funness. Piping hot, fresh yeah. build of Below. That's coming to IGN next don't, week. Don't do that. That's not recommended, but that's how we roll. <laughs> Fresh out of the oven. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Uh, so you're sitting in with us for the whole show. Let's get to the rest of the show. Let's I want to mention it is Back to the Future Day today. Right? Oh, yeah. Finally, we can stop with the jokes yes. and yeah. the fakes and, and the, 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 un- the Photoshop the, yeah. uh, t- you know, I, time like, circuits. As great as this day is, because it actually is Back to the Future Day, it also is the end of that. And yeah. very, my Twitter feed will be like <laughs> just a little bit less... Mm. Uh, fake funny. Yeah, <laughs> like I kind of like that. I mean that it's the end of it. I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. Oh, I've yeah. said many times it's probably my favorite movie of all time. I think it's not the, even the just the trilogy my, or just like the no, first, first one. one. The first yeah. one. I mean, I love the trilogy too. I'm kind mm-hmm. of a Western apologist. Like people say, Back to the Future Three is not that good. And I'm like, it's, no, it's really good. It's, it's just great. not that great in comparison. Oh yeah. But I'm my Twitter feed and my Facebook have been blowing up with all these people who are like, Back to the Future. And I'm like, I know you haven't even seen this movie. So I'm glad <laughs> that like it's going to be over and that the Fairweather but fans I like, don't have anything to post I like about. that we had, you know, that Pepsi came, you know, all the product tie-ins oh, from the yeah. original game. Oh, yeah. The original game. The original film, Back to the Future 2, have come around now. That yeah. We had the Pepsi Perfect bottle right. got, mm-hmm. get made in a limited run. Uh, USA Today. That was amazing. Today did the yeah. same, like the front page the actual treatment. cover story mm-hmm. of USA Today. Yeah, 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 which was fantastic. It was like and a wrap, right? Yeah, no, no, it's a fake cover. Oh, the rest okay. of the newspaper. I haven't seen it yet, yeah. so yeah. And uh, it's, it's so well done. <laughs> coolest of all, perhaps, is uh, you know because remember at the beginning of the year, maybe even earlier, Nike teased us and said. The shoes. We were gonna like That's... the power laces were gonna be mm. a real thing. So the fun. power yeah. lace sneakers. Well, today. They they sent the, a real pair with real power laces to Michael <laughs> J. Fox, who I think might be going on one of the late night shows oh, really? to promote it and show it off. I'm not positive on that though, as of, cool. as of this recording. I've just been following his Twitter feed today, yeah. but uh, Nike officially announced them and said that in spring of 2016. So Michael J. Fox gets the first pair, and in spring of 2016, they're going to auction off. Some amount of them, mm-hmm. probably not a lot. Uh, f- <laughs> they will people. auction them for uh, the Michael J. Fox Parkinson's Research Charity. Oh, cool. So 
I love that, and I love that they're real. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I am a little disappointed. It means that you can't buy they, them. All you, buy one? the only place you're, in fact, just today on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, there was a picture of Jeremy Guthrie, a pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, wearing the wearing the. Remember the replicas they did for like four years ago? Yeah, yeah. Where it was, ago, yeah. it was everything but the power laces, mm-hmm. but they were dead on exact otherwise. Yeah. And they did the same thing. They auctioned those and raised like some um, incredible number, like nine million dollars wow. for his wow. charity. And so there was a picture on Twitter today of this Kansas City Royals pitcher wearing them in the dugout, you know, as they're sort of just practicing before the game. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like I've seen, you know, remember Brian Wilson, the pitcher for the Giants, yep. the cra- crazy eccentric guy. He had a pair. Like, so it's just too bad that basically you have to play baseball in order to. Yeah. Well, they're, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it, they're they're just going to be they're only going to make it into the hands of like super rich people and that that uh mm-hmm. us you know normals us lowly aren't, aren't gonna get aren't it's gonna a, get their hands on them it's hard to be mad soon. at it because they're doing it for charity absolutely but it'd be like it's, it's if they, i was saying earlier if they were like 2500 bucks all of us would be like should i save that money <laughs> like, should i save yeah. like should i waste it for the coolest thing ever mm. but they'll be like twenty five thousand bucks or something like yeah. that. oh and probably none of us will be able to have, you know. i would bet 10 grand a minimum oh, for yeah. each pair minimum but what I see, what but I, the fact that they exist is pretty rad. It's no super what. rad. What I just wish they would do is okay, ma- as auction as many as you want for the for the Michael J. Fox Parkinson's charity. But how about then do like a limited, take another limited quantity of them, and have like a lottery that for for average people where we can you know maybe pay ten or twenty dollars for a ticket for then the chance to buy them at face yep. value and even yeah. the, the lottery tickets. Could go to the Michael J. Fox Parkinson's charity, Nike. and they'd go. sell probably a million tickets. That's a really for, good idea. You should be so in at PR. Least, at, at <laughs> least maybe we could at least have a chance to get them. There's but. a free one for you, Nike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's for you. But in any case, so some stuff is real. Oh, and of course, as a former DeLorean owner, I do get a kick out of the fact that the DeLorean is more popular today. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like today is like DeLorean day. Yeah. Right. By 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 proxy of it being mm-hmm. Back to the Future two day. So did you I, actually really own a DeLorean? I really yeah, for sure loved time it. Too, like uh, Twelve years. years right? yeah. Twelve years. This, yeah. Did, you are a, you are a, an onion with yeah. so many layers to discover. Feel <laughs> me back, Nathan. So many layers. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've told the story before, but it's. it's I, yeah, I, I was very fortunate. It was my dream car from seeing the movie as a kid, and I was able to get the car because they they weren't worth a fortune and they still aren't a ton of money but today they're, they are well they've, they've gone up certainly <laughs> literally yeah, 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 just, uh, yeah just today yeah. today's the bad day you should have bought one yesterday <laughs> but yeah you know I, I was able to buy a house in the san francisco area and my wife and i had a had a kid so those two things together mean there's not a lot of room for a two-seat 30 year old sort of collector's item <laughs> thing and you know it's it, it literally you were talking about tears in your eyes uh you know buying your game on a shelf like when I when I walked away from handing that car off, weeping. Yeah. It was not. It Sad was a, Hulk music it was a and seriously everything. difficult <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah. To, and today, I really missed the car today too because I wish I could have been a part of it. But yeah, it was a good time. Those was, was good times. I got a nostalgic day. Yeah. I got to. I got to have. You know, most and the, and what I say is, a lot of guys who are into cars, if they have their dream car. Most of them, if they ever get to own it, it's when they're old and gray. Yeah. I had it in my 20s. Yeah. Like, I got to enjoy it. It was great. So, uh, happy DeLorean Day, everybody. Happy, happy DeLorean Day. <laughs> uh, it's weird because now, Back to the Future, I mean, after, I guess, tomorrow, technically, Back to the Future happens entirely in the past. Yep. Which is kind of weird to think about. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. 
that's yeah. it. Don't don't think about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> while you're also contemplating your own mortality, yeah. I love that, yeah. that combo will be very depressing. It's funny because I mean I remember seeing all three movies when I was a kid, and I still think of Back to the Future as like this, you know, the or Back to the Future Two specifically is yeah. like the future. The future. Yeah. yeah. Like, sure, we kind of got things wrong. Like no one microwaves a pizza in a second. And cars don't We fly. should have that, hopefully, though. Hopefully yeah. no one microwaves a pizza in general. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Fair yeah. point. 3D is all over the place. What, you still have to wear glasses? Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. No, Oculus like, can yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, there's no just, like, out in the middle of nowhere, just randomly, like, drying Sharks. machines that can, like, dry your clothes. Although that oh, is yeah. super useful. You are now. Try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, now that's all behind us. It's weird. I was I was posting in the comments today, and some guy was like, "Wait, so on the USA Today thing, it still shows Marty McFly being arrested, or Marty McFly's son?" Oh yeah. And they were like, "Wait, so does this mean that Doc and Marty failed?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, because their caper is happening today. They go back a day before, which is the twenty first. But it already mm-hmm. happened because it already. But right ah, now, on the day, they'd be executing it. Yeah, yeah. Or had simultaneously explode. Just yeah. boom, man. Yeah. Just just a red mist covering <laughs> the walls, but." Uh, yeah. Happy Back to the Future Day, everybody. What a good day. What a yeah. good day. What a great movie. Yeah. Finally, I we mentioned last week oh. that we were going to give this away. To me. So to me. No. Yeah, our no. winner is... Uh, <laughs> That's why I did it. He a won the contest. Vathan Nella. I, I don't know who that could be. Yeah, Forza Motorsport 6 Xbox One bundle, courtesy of Microsoft. Thank you, Microsoft, for oh, providing oh. this. The winner will be announced later in the show when we get to the Unlock Block trivia portion. And better yet... Microsoft continues to be nice to this show. I've got a uh, a Halo 5 prize pack oh. to give away for next week. If nice. You, and again, everybody that got that entered this for mm-hmm. the console that didn't get it will be entered for next week's. So nice. stay tuned. We'll we'll get to that. That uh, console and the Halo console are two of my favorite looking aesthetically. The Forza one's yeah. really nice. Forza one's slick. The yeah. Halo one is slick as shit. Too. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. Doing, they're doing a great job. I mean, custom, con- all, the, all the bundle Definitely. consoles are, have been really slick this generation. The controller I really, really like. As far as consoles, I still really like the white one. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. I'm with you. But I'm I think that's more just like a... You know, last generation they were like they made all the consoles black. So now yeah. then you wanted a white one, and yeah. then when they make them I don't white, want a white, then one. all of a sudden the yeah. black ones look cool. <laughs> I still, <laughs> yeah. like, I still want a white one as well. Yeah. yeah, you should get the I made this. You didn't. I mean, you didn't make the box. Oh but you yeah, made games I was, for it. I was in the vi- I was in the <laughs> announcement video. Yeah, I, that's I, true. I, yeah, you I, should. You, you didn't I, get one. You get I grandfathered get in. Sort it out, Microsoft. Yeah, I. I tried. I pulled as many cards as possible, and it turns out that I have almost no cards to pull. Uh, so <laughs> at least give him a Sunset Overdrive console. <laughs> yeah, just hook me yeah. up with something. Come on, now. and just write "I made this" in yeah. Sharpie yeah. on the yeah. front of it. All right, let's come right back. Do the news here right after this. IGN's Xbox 360 podcast, the podcast unlock presents the news unlock. Not a ton this week. It's sort of a weird. Like, moment in the middle, like the eye of the hurricane. Everything's about to hit. That's why. Yeah, some stuff already has, but obviously Halo next week Mm -hmm. being the big one. Our review goes up, by the way, Sunday night. Technically Monday morning, 12.01 a.m. Pacific. That's 3 a.m. Eastern. Sunday night? If you want to stay up. Sunday night into Monday morning. Oh, got it. Hmm. But let's start with, uh, I always like talking about the NPDs. Let's get to the numbers. Ryan, we talked about this last week. I am pretty shocked by some of the games. Well, not overly shocked, just like, wow, how can that one title keep selling? (laughs) Are you talking about Minecraft at this point? Uh, Minecraft, yeah, but uh, I'm looking at Destiny right in the middle. 
you know, but Destiny the Taken King. King. It's a year later. That game's still on the MPD charts. Yeah, so this is yeah. the, these are the uh, sales figures, sales charts for the month of September. But, of course, you know, we, we talked last week, too, mm-hmm. that the NPD, unfortunately... These are physical seem, copies. Right. Yeah, seems yeah. to get less and less relevant because it's it's physical only. Yeah. And there's so many more games being bought digitally. I buy now. everything digital now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, bought, it's, it's, I bought Mario Maker this weekend digitally. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But who would have thought On a Nintendo that, platform. Yeah, right? I was surprised, too. <laughs> four of the top ten games in retail in September... Sports games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, the rise and of the sports sp- game. Specifically, there is an NHL game there. Yeah. Wow. NHL 16 cracked the top 10 in I, NPD for September. The, one of the most unbelievable things. How did, <laughs> how did that game review? Okay. It's. I think it did okay this year. You're a year. hockey guy, right, Ryan? I have been in the past. Yeah. I haven't been playing the series the last mm-hmm. few years, but I know uh, just sort of anecdotally, it. the way EA – like EA has a – different strategy to sports games than 2K does. Of course, 2K only makes one sports game anymore mm-hmm. unless you count WWE as a sports game, which you could. But anyway, 2K sort of takes and just like has a more slow iteration so they don't really lose a lot of features. EA starts from scratch with the, with the turn of the generation. So they, they rebuild their technology Specifically for the new hardware, which means you get some really beautiful graphics, but then there's not a lot of there there in the mm-hmm. early part of the generation. And my understanding of NHL 16 is that the there is just starting to come online with this with this year's game. Like it was pretty bare bones last year. I did not like Tiger Woods earlier this year. I thought, or not Tiger Woods, whatever they re- Rory uh, McElroy. Rory McElroy. Yeah, McElroy. Yeah. Did not like I it. I have no idea who that human is. It's a is golf really guy. It's golf. He sounds, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's so, got a great name. That's, yeah. that's my, that is my Yeah, there, there's a uh, new sort of whole new generation uh, in right. golf of, of like really talented young golfers. And mm-hmm. he, Rory McIlroy is one. There's Jordan Spieth and there's, I think, Dustin Johnson is the other one. Hmm. My dad I just like golf, the games. So. I know nothing about golf. Yeah. I just, like, I knew Tiger Woods games. when he was, well, like, and, I really liked the Tiger Woods games, like hmm. early Xbox 360. Well, back when they were Xbox golf RPG. Yeah. When you could do, yeah. you yeah. could first of all make like the, the character creator was yeah. unbelievable yeah. back then, and then you could do, you could get you know a glove that would be plus two to your yeah. accuracy. Exactly, they totally did. It I like had an RPG. so much fun with those games. But in any case, yeah, the number one game for September. This is not a surprise at this point, but NBA Two K Sixteen, which was noted in NPD as being the the highest selling, uh, di- you know, sports game out of the gate ever. Huh. Huge. Wow. For NBA Two K Sixteen, which. It. Uh, no doubt. I mean, first of all, it's a really good game. Mm-hmm. Second of all, uh, they have their competition tied their shoelaces together and has been stumbling <laughs> over themselves ever since. You're referring here to live, right? I am. In, I am yeah. indeed. And number three, they they've been benefiting as well from the fact that the NBA has been growing globally just a lot over the last five, ten years. Like, the NBA is getting bigger and bigger in China now. Mm-hmm. Thanks, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's being the sport, and it's huge in Europe. You know, the, Europe has, uh, the dream team, USA Dream Team used to always just walk all over every team ever, and then the Europeans started figuring out, well, we're pretty good too. <laughs> and then they started beating the Dream Teams, and now it's, like, super competitive. Like, the whole, the world plays basketball and enjoys basketball, and this game does really, really well around the world. So mm-hmm. huge numbers for NBA 2K16. Uh, number two game yeah. is Madden, 
which this is its I'm second month. I'm shocked and amazed. <laughs> well, but oh, second month though. That's the thing. Okay, that's a, a little more surprising. Yeah, it, yeah, the fact that it's had the legs to stay in, not only in the top ten but in the number, number two, two game. You know what? Actually, two in. that doesn't surprise me because this is physical copies, and Madden seems like one of those games that people are still going to go into a store and. That's get. a fair to point. Me, like to me, Madden, you know, Madden and like Madden specifically, and actually FIFA are. Those games that everyone kind of always, as like hardcore gamers, the people in the IGN audience write off. But those are yeah. the gamer. Those are the games that people who don't identify as gamers play all the time. Yeah, all all the sports games really. Like those are things you're going to go into a store. But that audience, I believe, is going to go buy a physical copy of and then take home. And that's their their main uh, way of getting it to their market. You know, the companies. And literally every student on the face of the planet. Buys Madden, yeah, right. Like yeah. it's yeah, I like I, I dorm room staple. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I played a lot of Madden only whilst in university. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I played one of them too. See, yeah. I was really lucky. Yeah. My dorm was all about Smash Brothers on the N sixty four. That nice. version for some reason. Mm-hmm. Look at you get up with your hipster dorm room. Like, I went to UCI. oh, we were too good for uh, Madden. We played Smash Brothers. I went to a sophisticated college. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, for uh, clarification. So you're saying Nathan freshman, went to a meathead college no, where they well, played? I would have rather gone to a meathead college. <laughs> I went, so my freshman, year of, my freshman year of college, we had a budget surplus, and the student body was able to vote on whether or not we got a D1 Beer! or a brand new science library, and we chose the science library. So. That's the correct choice, by the way. (laughs) What? Where'd you go? UCI. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The number three game for September, Metal Gear Solid V, which, of course, released to incredible critical acclaim, including a 10 out of 10 from IGN. Yeah, fantastic. It is fantastic. It's certainly a game of the year front runner. It's going to be on the short list, I suspect. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, and I don't want to... It's competition at this point. Witcher 3, Batman. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not voting for Batman. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. We'll yeah. see. Oh, all right. Destin playing it, showing his hand early. I, yeah. I was super disappointed with uh, this Batman. I love City. Didn't like Night that much. Save it for the game of the year discussion I will. I will. in like yeah. a month a and a half from now. Sneak peek. At Destin Legary and tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> or uh, right. So I don't want to come across as being negative toward Metal Gear, but I'm actually a little surprised that it's this low. It did come out on September 1st, so it had the yeah, whole so month. And I know that, and okay, NBA 2K, mm-hmm. again, worldwide juggernaut, mass appeal. Metal Gear, definitely more of a gamer's game. But That's, I'm a little surprised yeah. that it that it wasn't number two. You play, Metal Gear is one of those ones people are going to download. You play, yeah, you games. play I. I don't know a single person who bought physical. Everyone in my everybody studio bought, right. downloaded it. Every yep. everybody had it queued up with yep. plus, or like was ready to get it. Yeah, like we had a whole bunch of people that were late for work because the download <laughs> hadn't finished. Well, um, like it's mm-hmm. you know it's a game that I think a lot of because it is a real yeah. uh, air quotey gamers game. A lot of us are kind of lazy too because yeah. we know we can be and we yeah. just buy metal gear from our <laughs> what i would love to see TV. is like the actual change in this list if it accounted for digital as well, well that would be oh, nice. yeah i would just like to difference. see a general then it would be like just, minecraft just a number general one digital list yeah. yeah i don't even care if it compares to anything i would just love yeah. to see some actual numbers yeah. what, at what, some point what console like 
leader is going to release that. I don't think very many. You know, maybe the PC guys, but probably not Microsoft or Sony. Well, I mean, you can, yeah, you can Steam Spy on PC, and mm-hmm. that's actually surprisingly remotely accurate. And, yeah. And their plus minus is, mm-hmm. is actually pretty solid. So you can, you I, can I don't see people. Microsoft or Sony well, doing that. Remember, though. for years, Major Nelson, every week, released the top 10 most played games on Xbox. Sony, yeah. Sony does that every month. You can see the most downloaded, like they, they, most downloaded. Yep. They, I, well, we just need I, to do the math. But you don't know what the frame, you have no numbers to, to you, it could be a million, oh, it could be got 10 it. to yeah. 9 to 8. So got it. you know what's popular, mm-hmm. you just don't know how popular they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, 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 it mm. is definitely, it will be, or would be interesting to correlate Microsoft's and Sony's top download numbers mm-hmm. to NPD and be yeah. able to see like, yeah. okay, if you're number one on PSN and you're number three on, or four on, or three on NPD, then maybe that. Yeah. There would be a lot of different, there'd be a lot of insight in something like that. It's probably less so now because PS4 is so far ahead of Xbox One, but like, so let's say with it was PS3, Xbox 360 generation, it'd be really interesting to see whether or not your multi-platform game sold better on Xbox or on yeah. PS3. Yeah. So you like, can that'd be interesting to see as well. But I, I honestly, th- even though the gap is relatively large, I think it would also be really interesting even to see what games players are leaning towards more so mm-hmm. on Microsoft platform yeah. than right. Sony's, even if the numbers right, don't like direct- how shooters tend yeah. to do better yeah. on Xbox even, historically. It, it just just and- kind of like per capita. Oh, what, yeah, what, actually- per- what percentage of Xbox One users are purchasing... Call of Duty versus percentage of... And so I I think that would also be super interesting in in figuring out what kind of... Like, what games are resonating more so with with the people who purchase the platform. Hmm. Or like, you know... Sony, another great example of that is Sony spent a lot of time and money investing in Destiny as like a first party property, yep, even yeah. if it's multi platform. And Call of Duty and Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, like looking at a list like that, you would be able to see if it's actually making a difference. Yeah. Like, is that marketing power actually working, or Look, are people still buying it a lot on Xbox? So I did a, a project a while ago where I looked up uh, annual digital sales of EA, Ubisoft, and uh, Activision, and their digital sales was like three years ago. It was like. Thirty percent increase the next year, two hundred. The year after that, literally four hundred percent increase wow. year over year. It was just, it was nuts. Yeah, EA's earning call this yeah. year showed that like digital I think it was distribution like, was like fifty-four percent. Like yeah. they were actually it was the first the tide time. has turned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first time that they had more. I don't know if that's actually true. If I'm remembering it incorrectly, somebody will definitely correct me in the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it is. I mean, it, it is really. I think NPD people is still, are going digital. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I I think NPD is still super useful though because mm-hmm. it does. You're able to look at it and understand that this is maybe not all of the market. This is mm-hmm. not everyone right, who's right. playing video games, but it is a very great this insight into the this. Yeah, yeah, this style of game player or mm-hmm. game purchaser. Yeah, that's true. and what they're what they're like, <laughs> the fact that. What NBA, Madden, and FIFA are yeah. three of the top four. It's, I mean, that's it's soup. That like just I'm a, I love looking at numbers and trends mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and trying to figure out what like fans of games are really into. And mm-hmm. to me, that's we do that with video views. <laughs> now, tell me, Nathan well, from, and I probably yeah. from the perspective of a developer. Now, granted, we don't know the whole. We don't know both sides or really even have a full picture of either side of the whole Konami Kojima situation, but. As a developer, when you see that Metal Gear Solid Five is, you know, getting tens and nines, and it's sell- number three seller and its debut month, do you do you like? Uh, are you ha- are you kind of are you happy for Kojima that it's done well, or are you kind of like 
angry that he doesn't get any. You know, he's probably not getting much of the money. Like Konami, the you know the the longtime development partner that he has parted ways with is is like or not you know, shut to Konami. kicked him out the door allegedly and is now. They're the ones profiting off of off of you know his last. There's something in his contract. Let, yeah. Let's, but I mean, let's be brutally honest. Let's like, do it. That's how we do it here. That's every game ever made, really. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like if if a, a publisher is going to put, let's let's say Metal Gear is a hundred million dollar game. Probably. If they're going to put a hundred million dollars in, you damn well expect they're going to take <laughs> four times that out before yeah. anybody's. And that's just—I mean—that's—that's—that that's, is any creative medium that requires investment, right? That is, but like <clears throat> video games have been, I think, hurt a little bit uh, by the fact that that publishers at at, at a, like earlier on in the kind of the 360 and pre, and before era there were no other options and and publishers knew that and they were able to leverage that yep. to get um and and again this is not saying the publishers don't provide any support or any value or anything like that it's quite the opposite but with the rise of downloadable as again i segued what we were talking about <laughs> that's right yeah see i know how to do this podcast well done <laughs> yeah. um with the get rise of, Mitch, you're <laughs> fired nathan with, you're hired nailed it <laughs> replace a canadian with a canadian like, it's, it's a like quota that. system yeah it is it's, i'm fine with that too um, destin's canadian as well yeah if you we need two <laughs> yeah there's bare minimum it's balance, split. balance it out it's north america it's yeah. in, uh, <laughs> no i think if you if you look at the rise in downloadable uh, you'll also notice that that comes along with the rise of a lot of self-publishing and it's there's no like you don't have to you know manufacture you don't have to invest so much right off the top yeah and i do think that it's actually helping to kind of realign what 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 publishers actually do for developers in the like you know modern day development and i think that you know, third-party developers partnering with publishers understand that the upfront costs that publishers are floating to make the game happen are not necessarily the same as they were last generation because you can look at how many copies of, well, they can't literally look at it, but they can understand how many copies of Metal Gear probably sold. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, okay, like, you know, we didn't have to print that extra oh, yeah. 500,000 and then warehouse them and distribute them yeah. and yeah. deliver them and drive the trucks and the airplanes and the <laughs> monkeys that, you know, turn the cranks. That drive and, the airplanes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it, it is really interesting. And, and I've definitely noticed that, like, there's, there has been a, a, a shift. And I think part of that shift is, um, well, first, like, for the shift to first party where publishers are building their own, de- have their own development teams, and therefore they obviously take all of it. Um, or when there's like third parties involved, the deals are actually changing in structure a little bit, and and people are kind of understanding that. I mean, like, like you mentioned, Devolver. There's also like mm-hmm. 505. Oh yeah. Like their their involvement in Payday too. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, allows a them to all of a sudden. And and, and honestly, I think Adrift is going to clobber it. It is it's, it's really absolutely good. fantastic. And yeah. I, I mean, Adam's a good friend of mine, and I would say that friend of the show, it, even if it was garbage, but it's actually just bananas. <laughs> And it's, you know, games like that where there's like, oh, okay, like that whole publishing model is not exactly what it is. And I think part of it is, you know, with all movie fans, there's, you know, B-movies was a thing and then it kind of went away and then it kind of came back into mm-hmm. like $25 million horror films that ended up clobbering it. And then, Paranormal Activity. Yep. Yeah. B-games, same way. $11,000 film. Yeah. Side yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
but B games, B games are the same way, right? Like there, there was a market for budget games for a while, mm-hmm. um, last generation, uh, and then that market just entirely went away. And now the resurgence has, or the replacement has been publishers, whether large or small. Uh, I think kind of starting to figure out how to fund games that are digital only or digital and then maybe retail um, or small run retail right off the bat um, and, and how to actually bring value and how to actually fund and co-develop those right. projects. And you, yeah. you weren't seeing that before. You weren't seeing a game like, like who was going to publish Adrift? Yeah, yeah to me it seems like... Ago, what he, Adam would have done it by himself or he would have had to go to a platform. And if you go to a platform, it's a very different situation. Yeah, yeah. to me it seems like the, the, the B game, as it were, has been replaced by the... Uh, Super small awesome trips, the small A game. So, like, you yep. know, Adrift w- is going to be a three or four hour game, but it's like a triple A level kind yep. of. Where does Firewatch fall? Same exact yeah. category. Yeah. Yep. Same Witness, exact category. Same exact category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That's, I mean, for, for us, like, when we were starting to make Below, it was a game where we were like, okay, this is going to be way bigger than anything we've ever made. It's, we're going to put way more time and, and invest way more money into it more than we've ever done before. So we're kind of looking at it from the like, okay, like there are, I don't, I don't think that there are tiers of quality in games. I think a two hour game is just as good as a 10 Absolutely. hour game. The experience Thank is you. equatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there is a difference in investment from the developer and in the sense that like uh, some games can be made in eight months and they can be phenomenal. It, oh. it, it, it happens, and those mm. games have equal value. But the process and investment and the time and the kind of usually the goals, not financial goals, but but creative goals of the larger projects, um, and this is, you know, to bring it back to below, what we did was we just kind of said, okay, we're going to take a while to figure this game out because we have a creative goal with it. Where we probably could have made a way simpler, dumbed-down uh kind of half-baked version of it in a quarter of the time and who knows maybe that would have been just as financially successful but it's when i look at firewatch i, I feel the same thing they could have made a non-open world uh way less explorative you know one storyline linear yeah. version of that if they wanted to in half the time but the creative goals of that project put it into a different class it's an it's an effort above and beyond and i think that's I think that that's a very, uh, I think that's the replacement of the B game. I think oh. that's kind of the like, it's the big, the bigger investment, small game. And that just goes back to what you were saying earlier about the bar being set so much higher because there's so much good stuff to play now Absolutely. that, you know, I'm sure creatively you you are compelled as creators to not just shovel out the half-ass thing. Oh, but I'm sure there's right. also the, man, I got to bring my, my triple A game, as it were, in order to even stand Abs- out. And and you like you on it. And I, I'm dead serious when I say like if somebody puts something great out, it's like you feel challenged. You want it like okay, like these people are my friends. Like yeah. we've been around long enough that a lot of the developers that I respect the most are also my good friends. And when I and this is part of how we actually back in the day, Cappy used to do uh, work for hire pre smartphone cell phone games. So we did like old like flip phone 256 kilobyte versions of like happy feet and scarface and pirates of the caribbean and cars and like and we were doing that while uh metanet were making n and n plus 
and and plus uh, most people credit Braid or Castle Crashers as being the kind of like breakthrough independent game on yeah. console but N plus was actually the first independent game that sold really well it was kind of the first independent game that I had seen on a console that actually sold hundreds of thousands of copies and those people were our friends they you know worked down the street from us we had mm-hmm. known them for years they're still some of the closest friends I have uh, and when they were putting out N plus plus and we were working on like old cell phone branded games for American Idol, <laughs> we were just like, how do we even like look these people in the eye and then and, and talk like we're on the same level and feel like we can actually have an honest discussion about what it is to make games? And it's a challenge. You get like you feel motivated to like when somebody makes something really great, it's you have the immediate like holy shit, and then the next second you're like, okay, it's you, either you so, step up or you make something. Shit when out. when yeah. you, uh, I'm curious. Then let's let's fast forward when you finish. Super Time Force, yep. and you put it out there, and it gets some really good reviews. Does really well. You get. Do you do you have a do you have a drop the mic moment where you're like, nailed it, and then you just like you take a couple you take some time to enjoy that. We're bloody terrible at doing that. We're <laughs> we're actually we're because we because work, it's probably emotionally healthy if you do do that. Yeah, from it time would. To it, time. We really should, and I, I apologize to all of my coworkers <laughs> for not doing that more, but. No, we're we're always working on two or three, usually three projects at the same time. So when we finish a project, the other, like in the case of Time Force, there was eight people on it. So the other, yeah. you know, 16 people, 17 people were still working on other games at the time. So those people were kind of like, and also you roll off and you immediately want to patch the game because <laughs> you know that you shipped it with this one shitty bug that mm-hmm. one in one million people will ever see. <laughs> yeah. Like we're putting out a patch for Super Time Force on PS4 because we didn't get cross-save in, in time. So we're like, well, we got to give the fans a cross-save. And like, so we're just always like rolling cross-save on the next for what? thing. Uh, between PS4 Vita. and Vita. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we were like, oh, we finished uh, we finished Super Time Force Ultra on Steam. And we're like, oh, we got to port that back to, to <laughs> Xbox One because it's no fair to, you know, like we're just mm-hmm. kind of always rolling into <laughs> other things. So we do really bad at, at, at mic drop moments. Um, we did that for our 10-year anniversary. We threw a big dumb party for that. That was a lot nice. of fun. But uh, no, I, I think there, I think that's that's what you should do. I, I would I highly advise people not to follow my poor leadership and, and actually celebrate those moments because just ship, hell, shipping a, 10 out of, or shipping a 1 out of 10 game is hard as hell yeah. you know what I mean shipping yeah. let alone shipping something that you're super proud of and you feel actually like did what you set out to do we were Super Time Force the, I mean I think it was the second ID at Xbox game to launch there's only one before it, and that was Strike Suit Zero was the first one and then we were the next month um, so we were kind of like going through the entire process like blind yeah like there was not a lot we'd never done it before Microsoft had barely done it um the game was uh, supposed to be out for like during the 360 era, and we were right bumping right up against, and we we're like, ah, hell, let's just like let's hit both instead of just one, and um, so that was like, oh, now also we're porting it to Xbox One <laughs> at the same time as we're finishing the game, and all these things that you just kind of have to do because they're great opportunities, and and you know you want to get it into more people's hands, but yeah, it was a. Uh, when we finished that game, we did feel really darn good because it really was exactly what we wanted to be. And it was there was a time where it was not going to be that game. I mean, we spent a year working on that game with a totally different time travel mechanic mm-hmm. um, that was fun-ish. <laughs> you know, it was good for 20 minutes, and then 
instead of doing this, it kind of did this. Yeah. Uh, it kind of dropped off. And so we, we had to like go back and do a lot of redesign. What, what I'm hearing is, kids, if you're looking, if you think, man, I want to make games when I grow up, it's really, really hard. It is absolutely. really, yeah. really any, hard work. Any creative endeavor, really. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. there's, it's so hard. And this is something that I don't think gamers really give developers or people give even filmmakers the credit for. It's like you only ever see the finished product. You, know, yeah. you never know the tens of thousands of hours. Yeah, that go or like into you know, ninety-eight percent yeah. of the effort that went into it all was for a product that everyone well, felt right. Like all, you're, you're saying, all it's, the kids, it, it's right. hot. It's it's practically like broken garbage for however oh, yeah, long until time, until yeah. it Almost comes together it. at yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's well I, I would say that like games are relatively unique in that it is this kind of like 100 mile per hour head on collision of of art and craft of of tech and and pen on pens or pen on paper and like it's two very distinct separate things that have to find mm-hmm. a way to bridge a gap and that happens in film but to a lesser extent and film hasn't changed Theoretically, the process, right. the technical process, hasn't really changed in a hundred years. Um, and then, music recording is still generally—I mean, although there are massive technological increases, the processes haven't changed that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's—I I think it is always really interesting because we all—I think we wrongly try to correlate film with games quite often. Um, and I think they're the, almost like the furthest apart mediums because of the fact that like an artist does not have to learn how the camera works. It helps. <laughs> yeah. The art directors yeah. are better when they understand what an open aperture is to a closed aperture. Mm-hmm. But really, you just need to know how to like work with your side. Whereas like an artist in games who does not, who cannot communicate with a programmer, their art will, even if it's the best on, on the screen, will look the worst in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I always, I, I, my wife is super into fashion. She loves fashion the way that I love games. And I think fashion is a much more apt correlation for games because there are like the people that actually like sew and, and put together from a drawing with input from a director while like trying to source the actual Materials. textile yeah. and it's and it's again it's it's like a mash of an idea with how do you actually put that into action and is it mass market or is it small market and i think those kind of like i think those challenges the reason why games are so darn hard to make it's also why uh everybody who does it likes to do it cuz it's mm-hmm. like f- easy Anything cr- that's creatively easy or technically easy, uh, you just get people who are there to collect a paycheck, and it's nobody, no one wants to work with those people. Right. I want I the I think Cappy's strongest component is the fact that we have 24 people, a huge percentage of which have been around seven, eight, ten years. Mm-hmm. We've all learned the craft. Battle-hardened veterans. Yeah. Well, we're just, but we we just we understand each other in a yep. way where we can have this kind of where we can literally slam head on at 100 miles per hour <laughs> disagree ridiculously between art and tech between it, gameplay and and uh and visuals or something like that and and get into pretty intense arguments or disagreements mm-hmm. or get really peeved at each other but you can always come back to it because that's kind of fun those arguments and at the no, end of the day you both know that it means you just have the best thing in for yeah. the product yeah. in mind. You if, know? I always say if someone doesn't argue with you, you should just usher them out of the studio because they don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
Whatever you, you think is best. Yeah. 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 Just, well. I'm, I, I say, you say something, I say yes, then that's, we're going to make garbage. Hot, <laughs> smelly garbage. <laughs> I don't know how we got here from NPD, but I like it. And I'm not going to apologize for it because I know how we I got love here, that you're, I won't say. I love that you're here adding all these awesome insights. Rounding out the top 10 of NPD yeah. last month. Uh, FIFA 16, mm-hmm. not too much of a surprise there. A, g- a giant global brand continues to grow. Destiny, uh, Destiny, you mentioned Taken King. Physical copies, yeah. Of that but that's game. The, yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. Uh, you got kind of a surprise because yeah. I, so many more of those are digital. Though, digital yeah. So, yeah. Uh, rounding it out, Super Mario Maker on the Wii U. That's good to see. Good not surprised. Happy exclusive. to see it there. Well, yes. good to see a platform exclusive. Yeah. 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 Uh, Disney Infinity 3.0. Again, not a surprise. You got to yeah. figure most of those are physical copies, those are given families. that they're toys. Yeah. yeah. Mad Max. Did that come out uh, this month or is that a did, that, no, that's thing. Same day that as uh, same day Metal as Gear. Metal Gear. So yeah. September first. So Off it the does. Of the movie, I guess. It Sudos. does crack the top ten. Not so, a, a, it's a good game. I feel like it was forgotten very quickly, but this NPD showing says it did all right. Number yeah. number eight. NHL no. sixteen. The surprise we mentioned earlier. It cracks the top ten. Blame Canada. <laughs> and rounding it out, who else but Minecraft? Minecraft. Crazy the train. To think that there are people still out there. Who don't have Minecraft? And the train that cannot be stopped. Uh, well, so it's, it's Legos, I wonder, man. I wonder how many people had, how many parents didn't know that their kids had, like, could just download Minecraft again. Yeah. And they're like, well, <laughs> you know, let's get it for yeah. them. Let's go to the store and really, buy it for you. She really likes it on her, on her PC, but yeah. what if we want to play in the living room? I'll buy a brand new copy in the store. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably yeah. it. It has to be it. So congratulations yeah. to the rise of the sports games in R- the month of September. Ryan, someday I hope to see a Mass Effect remaster on this list. <laughs> you won't, Destin. <laughs> Segwaying. I love it. You won't. Oh. At least not while Peter Moore is still drawing <laughs> breath in this world, or what at least as happened? an EA employee. So our uh, friend of the show, Peter Moore, star of Podcast Unlocked 201, the best episode I'll ever do. Yeah. Uh, he was speaking to IGN. And uh, he's not a big fan of remasters, oh, which no. means he is welcome on this show anytime. <laughs> How do you feel about? Are you a remaster guy, Nathan, or do you do you find them creatively bankrupt? And you want no, to and again, if if you're a fan and like, I I I think making statements that tell people what they want is just incorrect in general. Hmm. And saying like, no, you're not gonna, you don't want a remaster. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe like I wanted PS4 Journey and then I bought it and mm-hmm. I played it and yeah. I was very happy to have had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly I think if something is big enough to grow a fan base, but you don't you don't get frustrated that those development resources could have been maybe put into making a new thing. I don't think we get to decide that necessarily. Well, I think we don't. Peter we Moore can, does. We can complain about it. <laughs> no, we can't. Yeah. We can't for sure. I, yeah. I just. I but think, you're right. Peter Moore does. Yeah. yeah right. No, does. that's very true. Though. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That is the. That I kudos to him for saying it how it is. Like, I mean, that's, that is. Well, so actually, that, I is, should, that, that is not a waffle answer. I should give the yeah. quote. I actually stopped myself short. Yeah. So uh, Peter Moore was talking to IGN, and he said, "It feels uh, that remasters quote." Feel like pushing stuff out because you've run out of ideas. Uh, remakes, because of who we are, he's referring to EA, and this broad portfolio of intellectual property, you add all that together, I don't know where we find the time to do remakes, Peter Moore said. We're a company that just likes to push forward. So he's speaking about EA. He's speaking about EA. Yeah. Don't look for any... Now, EA has not done 
remasters, mm -hmm. and don't look for them to do it anytime soon, according mm -hmm. to Peter Moore. That's a good philosophy. I mean, we've talked a lot uh, on this show extensively about remakes, and I think we're all mm -hmm. kind of in agreement that, like, w if it came down to it, we would rather prefer new properties as opposed Every to time. remasters of old ones. But if you look at the market... People buy those remasters. They do. They want to play that's those games That's why they keep getting made. Consoles, and that's why yeah. they keep getting made. And you can't argue against what is just economic supply and demand. Yeah. Like and it's what it is what it like is. Like, find a partner. Like, you don't have yeah. to. You don't have to take your well, resources off of a cool yeah. brand new game. That is true. I mean, you know, three four three had uh, what's their face Saber and a certain Affinity do a lot of the Master Chief collection. I think Blue Point did oh, the Uncharted collection. Developer. Blue Point and they did Journey and they did yeah. like a whole bunch of. They've done a whole bunch of the best remasters for sure. They're an amazing, super underrated. I wonder how that works. Is it just like here's all our assets, no, make it's it better? Basically, like you right click and save as. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. File save as yeah. in set resolution 1080p. Blue so Point's really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> Some Photoshop filters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Maya so, scripts. On the flip side of oh, the that's coin, that's a bummer. I really like uh, Final Fantasy. I'd love to play that on like my phone or something. Stop. Nope. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we, we didn't yet. really need the segue. You're there. one for two. <laughs> oh but yeah. Come so, on. so uh, I have Final Fantasy one and two on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Square You're Enix. All the way up here. Meanwhile, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it happens. That's the roller coaster that is Destin Legary. <laughs> Square Enix will be taking the opposite approach mm -hmm. of Peter Moore. <laughs> they, uh, speaking in its annual report, uh, Polygon reports from Square Enix's annual report, quote, we will revitalize some of our strong IPs in ways that meet the needs of the modern gaming market. For example, we will take an IP developed for earlier generations of game consoles and recreate it for the latest consoles while also proactively developing versions for play on smart devices. So mm -hmm. uh, buckle up for... The entire, they already have all, of, all the Final Fantasies on iPhone. Yeah, so and they've already been they putting play this into okay. practice. Um, yeah, they don't have to play great because if you're playing it on iPhone, you weren't concerned with the quality in the first place. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I mean, it's the newer versions of the game, so like the art style is better. It's just they use the 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 analog thing yeah. where it's a touch analog, and that's the only problem I have with it. Mm. Otherwise, they're pretty solid ports. I would love to point and click my way through. Final Fantasy, but I don't want to faux joysticky. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only yeah. thing that bugs me about them. Yeah. I just yeah. I have like a hard rule against anything that has more than two directions of movement as a as a button on my touch screen. Yeah. Right? yeah. Which is built so that I touch it. Um, <laughs> Not so that I push buttons on it. Yeah. I, I would rather can we in, instead invest the resources into uh like have you played Hitman Go, Nathan? Yeah, I love it. Oh, Hitman right? Or Lara Croft. I finally Go. played Lara Croft Go. I like it. I have it on my phone. I haven't yeah. had so time good. to like, dive into it. That's, that's the kind of mobile experience I'm talking yeah. about. That's how you leverage your IP on mobile. Yeah. And again, that's Square Enix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's it's that's that, also out Hitman of Go is one of the best iPhone games. Period. It Every time a new chapter came out and I found it on my phone, I'm like, I, I'm playing this tonight. Oh yeah, you know, a new board just drops for free. I'm like, yeah. yep. But I think yeah. that's, I, I mean, I think that's a super underutilized element of games in general, where publishers who have the biggest IP looking at them as. Hey, fuck, I'm going to actually say, as brands, I actually said it, I'm sorry. Uh, but, like, <laughs> thinking out. about, no, like, oh, what other things can we do with this that will, like, be interesting to yeah. to players? Mm. And, like, on paper, Hitman Go is not a home run, but it is a home run of, like... Uh, when they tried to sell it it's with a the design. trailers, I was kind of like, what? 
Like, really? And then you play it, and you're just like, oh, this is great. Yeah. It's, you know? it, the, the home run is the effort that they put into it. The fact that they achieved is, like, all just up to how great of a studio. I mean, they're a really talented studio. Square Enix mm-hmm. Montreal. Yeah, amazingly talented studio. But the fact that they even tried it, I think, is this, like, it's super interesting. And I think I would love to see more big game properties try to do like here's an interesting offshoot built for the platform yeah. mm-hmm. on mobile or here's an interesting offshoot built specifically for PC um, I think there's a huge I, I, yeah I'm just throwing ideas to people and hoping that they do it I, yeah <laughs> I wonder how Hitman Go happened like do you think they were just making some game with those mechanics and they're like oh you know who would work great for this <clears throat> Hitman and then inserted it, him into it? Or do you I, think they developed from the ground up with Hitman in mind? I, I would suspect that they were tasked with make Hitman on a mo- on mobile. And, they, and it set, it, judging from how good it turns out, I, my suspicion would be mm-hmm. they were given creative free reign to do that however they saw fit. And they yeah. went, somebody went, I, oh, I've got an idea for this. I, I, I bet you if you ask somebody them, they had, yeah, I'll be, yeah, they're probably. A, they're a very, they're a, a really open. cool group of really cool group of folks there. I really I'd love like to them. love to ask those guys. Probably get them in here. Someone yeah. ask Sean. You're, you're like, my producer. Get them in here, Sean Finnegan. <laughs> hey, him Just too. Yeah, <laughs> tweet <laughs> it. Canadian. Tweet it, Genevieve. She'll probably yeah. either answer in a hilarious joke or a picture of her dog or an actual <laughs> or an actual answer. Yeah. All right. I would take either any any of those three. Yeah. Sounds fine. She's a thirty three percent chance. I just, I just <laughs> met her the other day at my birthday. By the way, oh, she's nice the, girl. She's the best. Yeah, they're good people. We've, I've met a couple of them at E3, but in any case, yeah, play Hitman Go and Lara Croft Go if you haven't already. They're they're great. They're the the best things to, that you you could do on mobile that are appealing to real to core gamers. All right, you almost said real gamers. I, I stopped myself. Yes, core. I yes. stopped myself Whew. because it, it would. That been, was almost. That uh, was almost. That was almost intense. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I had to call you out on that. I apologize. <laughs> I, you're right too, but you'll notice I did stop no, myself. You did. you did. Before I realized, wait, that's not. You accurate. did the right thing. I did. I hope. I hope. Uh, marketplace report. Sean Finnegan, what can we spend our hard-earned money on this week? Over on retail, we have Guitar Hero Live. Ryan, are you a Guitar Hero? I mean, you're. I, I was you're a rock band. Guitar Hero, rock band. Uh, rock band. You have to pick a side. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, no, I mean, yeah. I know Ryan's it's a, a rock band. Yeah. I. I mean, I, I will say this. It's. Guitar Hero Live is getting better reviews than I thought it would get based See, on it's, it's surprising a lot. Based oh, on my I played it a couple of thing. times. Yeah. Yeah, I played it a couple times leading up to release. Um, and the most illuminating thing about it for me was I the last preview demo I went to a couple couple months ago, I went with Esmeralda Portillo, who's yeah. twenty four years old. She's on our she's on sort of our brand. Now I know how old she is. <laughs> Well, she told me because this, yeah. this, this actually we uh-huh. we spent the entire ride back to the office discussing this, mm-hmm. and I really genuinely think it's a there's a generational like this. Did she this, not like it? And you really no, no, liked she it? literally really liked around. it. I oh, did, okay. and I think it's actually a generational thing. Where to me, what annoyed me about mm-hmm. my again preview, I haven't played the final version of Guitar Hero Live, was that, and I, I mean I wrote all this up in a preview anyway, but. It it just it seems like it's just there to fill space and time. Like it doesn't it, it, that it's just like a it's like a just a distraction at a party if you want it to be. Guitar Hero. Yeah. Yeah. Where because there's there's uh, like scoring doesn't really matter. It's mm-hmm. there, but it's not really emphasized at all. You literally can't fail ever. Yeah. It's impossible to fail. 
And you get booed a lot. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the whole. That's the but different different game that. mechanics. <laughs> that's real like, life. If you're playing, if you're <laughs> that playing is every day, <laughs> the the GHTV thing where you can play. Uh, they just add a ton of songs all yeah. the time, and you're playing over the actual music video. You can't if you pause it. The video keeps playing, and just the note chart goes away. So. It like it's sort of that's strange. Why why am I playing? Like yeah. you're not if you don't care about me playing, mm-hmm. why why should I care about playing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Some Esmeralda really yeah. really enjoyed it because she just it's like it's very much a it's a come at it at your leisure kind of game, which I think just for the multitasking. Younger I sound like a freaking old man at this point. There's but, no yeah, way like, that you can get around sounding old. Yeah, but Ryan's yeah, 75 years just, old. <laughs> I just think yeah, the younger crowd just appreciates that you know they're multi, they're always multitasking. They're always doing 16 things. They're mm-hmm. texting with their friends. They're on YouTube. They're this. They're yeah. that. That they can be like just play for 30 seconds. They're like, oh, I like this part of the song. Play, 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 play. Set it. You know, set it down. Go back to doing their other thing. Come back and they text just our don't... friends. Take a selfie. Right. Tweet it. Go so, back to yeah. playing. <laughs> yes, you're, you're exactly right. And and that's and and so the, she she just really liked the sort of design approach. She liked that whole, you know, just chill out, bruh, mentality yeah. of of Guitar Hero Live. And I hated it. I mean, I just yeah. didn't. Whereas you know, Rock Band. Doesn't it's it doesn't take itself too seriously? You know the graphics are cartoony, but it's you know there is a there is you know it's emphasizing playing with your friends. It's Guitar serious. Hero is a one player game, which it's in it, in and of itself. Like uh, no, we sort of harmonics advanced the genre forward mm-hmm. and showed us the power of four people playing pretending to rock together. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to go back mm-hmm. yeah. to just playing by myself? So I don't. Know, I personally don't. Didn't like what I've seen of Guitar Hero Live, but uh, it seems to be uh, being better received than than I thought it would be. But I guess I'm just old. When I, I actually, I'm, I'm at that moment. I, I mean, feel like that's the summary of, yeah. of that. That is like yeah, there is no way you could have sounded older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but it's but I, it I'm actually, owning it though, Nathan. No, no, I'm no, owning I, it. No, I'm. I actually everything you said is like I don't want to play a game for 30 seconds and yeah. put it down. Neither do I. I want to like. Yeah. I play. I play rock yeah. band to for a short period of time. Uh, feel like a actual rock band. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I'm playing plastic instruments that are surprisingly well. But you do get the sensation I, of. Yeah. But know. I I kick the air and I yes put my back yes. against another guitarist. Yes. Illusion. Yeah. Yeah. And All it usually right. takes like six or seven songs before you're actually really into it, and then you know. Then you're there. We should play rock band together. Yeah. I I am not good, but I love it. That it, no, there's no judgment here. Yeah, you don't I have to. It. You can play on easy if you want. I played a uh, guitar here. You know, when we did the show and it was revealed, I was like, it looks so dumb, and like I was really against it. But actually playing it, you don't even pay attention to the stage stuff. Really, you just kind of play. Oh yeah, that part. I know that part got ripped on right away. I, yeah, I, I, you know, I have no beef with mm-hmm. that really. And also, I the, still think it's a weird creative decision to have that because that's yeah, a lot, that's a I big investment. It's a half baked you know? creative decision. If I could yeah. control where the camera went, that would be awesome because I would just yeah. be looking at different people in the audience, being what, like interesting characters. What I will say, yeah. just to be positive about Guitar Hero in some way is uh, I'd say the, the my favorite thing about Guitar Hero Live from what I played is I genuinely appreciate the fact that they changed the guitar and changed the physical yes. layout so that it's mm. they tried to make it more a little more sort of a 
re- re- physically realistic yeah. as far as what your hands are doing. Yeah, and you play. And, I, and it's, I like that you have to learn a new language of sorts mm-hmm. to play it, which that was, you know, seven years ago when the genre first took off. That was part of the fun. I, I started out on easy guitar oh, yeah. and easy drums. Mm-hmm. And you when you'd have those those physical and immense, those breakthroughs of yeah. moving up to medium and to hard. And maybe can I do a couple songs on expert? Like, I love that. So I appreciate that Guitar Hero Live does give us that again, which Rock Band 4 does not. And they good on them for just taking a chance and doing something different yes. with it. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, moving on, though, in the marketplace, we have the Xbox One wireless controller adapter for Windows. $25 solo or $80 we, bundled. I'm, I'm going to clap that one. Nice. We have so many micro USB cords in my office. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's amazing how many micro USB cords we have. I'm super excited about that. That's so nice to have. Cool. Uh, over on digital, we have Tales from the Borderlands, Episode 5. That's oh, I can't $5. wait to finish this. I love this series so much. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I've been waiting for a long time to finish it. I'm really thrilled that this is that the finale is finally here for this. It's Marty's, my, a, Marty's a big fan of this. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. Uh, I've heard it's good, too. It's arguably... Yeah. It's, the finale is, I It's mean. probably... Yeah. So far, I haven't played Episode 5. It might be my favorite overall Telltale series. Ooh, I mean, Walking Dead Season 1... The first one, two episodes, I loved. Yeah, Walking Dead yeah. Season 1, nothing will ever top the emotional impact. I, rarely has a game mm-hmm. ever done that for me, but just top to bottom, I mean, the humor, the, the puzzle design, the character, the, everything there about Tales. There is, there is an interesting game brand crossover. Like yes. Something that is not totally expected. Yeah. Wrap cool. us up in the marketplace. What else? Uh, marketplace GTA Five Lowriders DLC, which Ballin. is free. Ballin', cool. more free stuff. That's big. And Lamar comes back for that. Yep, you mm-hmm. t- take missions from Lamar. He didn't die. Then Squares. we have games with gold for October, which uh, I guess we would have already done one episode, two, ep- three episodes mm-hmm. on. But yeah, Valiant Hearts: The Great War, which is there all month. The Walking Dead: The Complete First Season, which is yeah, the both last. both platforms from it's the middle free of the on both. Oh, nice, cool. From the middle of the October to the middle of November. 1016 to 10 or 1115 on Xbox One. I still think the first season's the best one. Of what? Walking Dead. Oh, you're yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On Xbox 360, we have uh, MGS5, Ground Zeroes for the first two weeks, and then The Walking Dead Season 1 for the last two weeks. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, we'll be right back and give away this thing the Forza Motorsport 6 Xbox One console to bundle. Cool. To, yes. To <laughs> uh, no. Be right back. <laughs> Unlock Lock. All right, time to give a what give this bad boy away. Forza Motorsport 6 console. Thank you, Microsoft, for sending this over for us to give away. That's a nice prize. I would I, I would be so stoked if I won that. I did not Congrats, tell the Nathan. winner Just ahead kidding. of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I the I real it winner. To be a surprise. Hopefully, they listen to the show. Yeah, our winner is uh, from Manassas, Virginia. So I want to get a few people fired up for a few seconds. Hell yeah. (laughs) How many? Sammy Young, congratulations. You've Mm -hmm. won this guy. I totally did make it random, by the way. Mm -hmm. I uh, I had, I arranged everything through the email in like pages and number of emails. And I had Jose Otero pick numbers. And so I I made it as, as random as I could possibly make it. Sammy Young from Manassas, Virginia, wins this Forza Motorsport 6 Xbox One bundle, courtesy of Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it, Sammy. And the question that he sent in, which I will attempt to stump you all with, it is a Forza (laughs) question. He went, he went, you know, the spirit. We all picked different answers. We did. I think Sean got it. I will admit, I did not know this. He asks, uh, which car was featured on the Forza Motorsport 
two original box art and originally offered as a pre-order bonus for that game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, there could be any car on, on Ford's. Usually there's a hero car. There's that sort of one, like it was the Huracan, Lamborghini Huracan yeah. with uh, Ford's Horizon 2. Mm-hmm. It was the new uh, Ford GT on Forza Motorsport 6. So yeah. for Forza Motorsport oh, there there. 2, was it the Lamborghini Countach classic from the late 70s, the Nissan 350Z, the Acura NSX, which is another retired car, mm-hmm. although it's coming back now, or the Dodge Viper, which was retired for a while and I think has come back now. So yeah. uh, everybody mark down their answers. Yes. I'll go to our guest. So by the way, uh, Nathan, what we have here, yeah. this weird thing that's been in the middle of the table it's the whole so time. Pretty. It's so That's a real control. That was a thing that people bought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, is the, this is the Dookie Trophy. This was made by a, a wonderful listener of ours after I jokingly said... You may have played Halo 1 on this. Yes. <laughs> with this. That, uh, I definitely did. That we should have some sort of cool booby type prize for just the panelists here to see who gets the most right all year long and uh, I was like oh it should just be it should be called the dookie and it should be a a a trophy version of a of an Xbox original Xbox controller and someone actually made it. That's, yeah, that so is way This too will cool. live on the desk of someone on this podcast next year. They will defend their title and right now Destin is tied with Mitch. And Mitch is out today for uh. the for the lead. <laughs> I was uh, Ryan's like, can you do the show today? I'm like, actually, I tweeted this morning. I had a really late night at work last night, <laughs> and did. I'm like, some days it's hard to get out of my comfy bed, but today's on lockdown, and I want to crush <laughs> Mitch Dyer, so I will be at work well, on time. Well, he forfeited today. Yeah. So you and you and uh, Mitch are tied at 17 points for the year. Mm-hmm. Shark, you're at six. You're pretty well out of the running. Don't count me out. <laughs> Don't t- Shark's shark, attack yeah. from behind. <laughs> oh, snap. Well... Mathematics. Never mind. I won't. I won't ruin Forza it. Forza for Motorsport <laughs> <Shut> Two. Up, <laughs> <Destin>. <laughs> Which car was on the box? Nathan, do you have a do you have a guess on this? Do you I, remember I the said, game? I said the 350Z. Okay, mm. so you're showing your Canadian side. Mm-hmm. The word Z there. Shark. I'll go I to you now. The Dodge Viper. It was literally a shot in the dark for me, but I remember okay. liking Dodge Viper. A shark in, in the dark. School. Yeah, and that's when that game came out. So, Destin. I said the Acura because God, I re- Acura. Acura. You read? That's the second time you've done. You've did that before. <laughs> I don't know how to Acura. say the car Acura name. Acura is like a That's anime. anime. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Acura. <laughs> Acura, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think it's that because it's discontinued, and I remember there being some promotion about it. I hope I'm right. I'm probably not. Uh, you're think, totally not. Uh, Neither Sean are you. It. You are yeah. correct, Nathan. Oh. It was the Nissan. I was pretty sure. Cause I remembered that they were like, there was a whole big thing about the redesign. Yeah, oh, when it relaunched. Okay. Yep. Yeah, the car relaunched around that time. I don't remember. what It had to be orange or something, right? I believe I believe so, yeah. 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 Now there's no ten, there's no way that I will actually win the Dookie, but I'm really glad that I have <laughs> that I have a number on the yeah. ledger. Yeah. You're, I've just added you to the I scoreboard. Have a number on the ledger. You're on the list, so. Uh, Destin blowing a golden, literally golden opportunity yeah. this oh, week well. to uh, take the lead with Mitch not here. <laughs> Back to work. So, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah. so again, congratulations to Sammy Young. And here's Enjoy the, the here's free the good news. Xbox One. Yeah. As I said last, you know, this is the second console we've given away in the last couple months. And I said last time, if you because uh, thousands of you entered, only one person can win. Everybody got entered into. The drawing for this now everybody that didn't win this gets entered in the dr- into the drawing for next week's cool prize, which is again uh, Microsoft showing us some love. Do you have it they in are, here? They are. Se- I don't have it here. They're oh. mailing it now, but they are sending over a Halo Five Guardians prize pack that contains the following items: 
a Halo 5 bag, a pair of Astro A40 Halo Ooh, headphones. Worth it right there. Yeah, yeah that's Hold awesome. on. Astros are phenomenal. I like that. A Halo t-shirt, a Halo zip hoodie, two Halo hats, one chief, one lock for you. Just throw the lock one in the garbage. A collection... <laughs> A collection of exclusive <laughs> skull metal Halo patches in a custom Halo cinch bag. A uh, Boomco blaster battle pack. I believe those are the Nerf gun things, right? Mm. The uh, he's, still, he's still going. Who's I'm still that? going. This is Mega Blocks limited edition set. Uh, wait, is it the Phaeton? I had to build that thing. It's uh, from San Diego Comic-Con. They gave oh, okay. it away at San Diego Comic-Con. A copy of Halo 5. Nice. A copy of the strategy guide and a digital copy of the Halo Five original soundtrack. So that is that's a like lot yeah, that's like of f- I don't know three four hundred dollars worth of stuff right there. Take the poster out of the strategy guide and go to IGN.com instead. I'm collecting all the intel right now for a video, <laughs> so please watch that. <laughs> Good plug, Destin. Yeah. So yeah, that's a hell of a prize. And again, everybody that entered last week that didn't win this, you're still entered. It'll be a random draw again. And if you would like to throw your hat in the ring, what you got to do is send me an Xbox-related trivia question. Can't be too hard. Don't make it super obscure, nuts, but don't make it too easy either. Yeah. So it's just got to find that sweet spot where we've got a fair shot, even Mm -hmm. if we don't necessarily know. We might be able to take an educated guess. So send the question, four multiple choice answers, tag the correct one in your email. I'll also need your actual physical mailing address since I'll have to to ship this to you. And send all of that to unlocked at IGN.com. And Sammy, I will draw congrats. a winner next week. Yes, yeah. congrats again to Sammy. He's got himself a console. Actually, Super could, happy. could be she. Sammy could he be she. He or she. He or she. I don't want to assume because we know what assuming does, don't we? Don't say it. No. They... Nope. Is it an old person thing, Ryan? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I'm older than Ryan. This is not. <laughs> yeah, by a year. Yes. <laughs> not that much. All right. So that's it. Let's hit the road. It's yes. been a, wow, it's been an hour and a half show so mm-hmm. far. Beefy. Uh, I want to go to Nathan first. First of all, thank you for sitting in. This This was was a blast. I'm really glad that I got to spend an hour and a half making jokes and occasionally saying something that might be interesting to people. (laughs) Well, you're, I I love the insights from, from your side of the, of the industry. I just find it fascinating with, uh, with every, you know, and first of all, you're a creator and that's something that I don't have the talent in me to be. I, I sit here and and play the things you make, so thank you for making things. It's fine. I actually don't make the things very much anymore either. Oh, stop. Yeah. You have to take credit for all the No, team, I, right? I, I, I literally <laughs> do everything. <laughs> That's what we thought. So uh, Super Time Force is out now. It's out. Very we should out. buy it on 360 and or Xbox One mm-hmm. if we haven't already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Below is yep. the new game coming to Xbox One and PC. It is. If you're going to PAX Australia, if there's Australian listeners, it'll be you'll be able to play it there. If you're in San Francisco, early November, Day of the Devs, which is oh, a yeah. great free uh, event that Double Fine and I Am 8-Bit throws. There's going to be tons of games. Uh, Dayofthedevs.com. Below will be there, playable pick it up, have a go. We don't stop you. you get, their demo is like an hour and a half long. You can play it for an hour and a half. Oh, the guy behind to. you in line is going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're totally fine with that. If you, you, <laughs> you want to live and die and try and try, then you, get to, you, you, you deserve it, especially if you're going to find the cool stuff that we hid in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you can, you can definitely check it out either in Australia or in San Francisco. Um, Better it, yet, 
next week on IGN. Yeah, tons. Of, yeah, we'll be we'll be showing a whole bunch of straight through gameplay. We'll be talking a lot about it. Going to be a whole bunch more video. There's, I mean, it's we haven't we haven't shown a ton of it. Um, if you haven't been able to make it out to a PAX or a show, that's usually when we let people go. So it's going to be great to Sweet. just put it out there and and. Game's coming along extremely well. And really excited for people to dive into it when it when it finishes sometime in the coming months. Yeah, not, I, I not would years. be remiss to ask: Do we have a, a release window yet? Are we looking at um, what are we looking at? When yeah, we, we were we were kind of hoping sooner than later, but it's a pretty tough it's pretty tough to get games out in the Christmas period yeah. in general. So I would I would be I would be I would definitely lean more towards the uh, the early 2016 rather right. than the late 2015. We'll let our wallets recover from yeah, 2015. It's, <laughs> it's coming along great. There's a lot of, I mean, there are, as we'll probably talk about next week, there are uh, a lot of things about the game that we haven't shown and we won't be showing. So people, when they get a chance to pick it up, there's going to be a lot of stuff that they didn't Find even know was in the game. Um, and that's that's the whole point. It's a game for players to... You know, pick up a controller, pick up a sword and shield and a, a lantern or a torch and wander through the depths and uh, hopefully figure out some really interesting things to do and also, you know, hopefully murder some stuff with a sword. And <laughs> awesome. Excellent. You get to make soup, too, so make some soups. Always a plus. <laughs> yeah. Nice. There w- no soup for you. Uh, where can we follow you on Twitter, Nathan? I am, I am at Cappy underscore Nathan, so C-A-P-Y underscore Nathan, or you can f- just follow at Cappy Games. That's, uh, that's, that's all of us. Um, or you can just, below's website is whatliesbelow.com, supertimeforce.com, or just capybaragames.com. We got, we're all over the internet. So if awesome. you like Tumblr, Tumblr, we got a Cappy Games Tumblr that's pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. Uh, we're not on MySpace Oh, <laughs> really missing that. the boat on that one, yeah. Nathan. We haven't. We just haven't gotten around to it. But our friendster is balling. Yeah, there you I go. believe it. Shark Finnegan, follow me at on Finnegan on Twitter, and keep an eye on IGN Live the next couple of days because we're going to be doing some Halo multiplayer stuff when that releases. Dun, 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 dun. Also, the same day, I will probably be doing Destiny Hard Mode raid. So Ooh, cool. that's also it's going to be I'm, a tough day for Sean. Those Finnegan, are great, great spectators. A lot, a fun one. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. spectator. So yeah, that's that. Destin? Yeah, so I'm working on a bunch of uh, best way to play things with John, myself, and the wiki team. Uh, first up... The, all about that Halo, right? If you're son? playing Halo, I'm going to have all the intel for you day one. So as you play through... What about those skulls? I'm not doing that video. <laughs> <laughs> skulls are a little Somebody's hard. Somebody's doing it. That will be post-release content, but we will have that on IGN for sure. Classic. I'm focusing on intel. There's 117 nice. pieces, I'll tell of you that Of course there are 117. Yeah, get it? Like yeah. Master Chief. So anyway, that video is going to be live, so you'll be able to find all that. We're also doing a bunch of Assassin's Creed stuff for tom- when it releases Syndicate. for release day. Yeah, yeah we're going to uh, advise you how to like level up your perk tree and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so check that stuff out. And of course, Fire Team Chat every Friday. So yeah. that's a the show that I do. world's number one Destiny, Destiny podcast. Yeah. Good Fact. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I've got, let's see, besides, so we're doing, with the IGN First stuff this month, with one digital awesome game every week, we started with, uh, let's see, what was our first one? Oh, that's right. We revealed Dead Star from Armature. We, la- uh, week two, we had yeah. We Happy Few, Love which, Love which looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, this week currently is Enter the Gungeon, so fun. which is a bullet hell table meets flipping. Zelda kind of. It has yeah. a table flipping mechanic. Like yeah. you gotta at least <laughs> yeah. you gotta at least try it out. And we'll be <laughs> we'll be wrapping up the week the month of awesomeness with Below 
and Nathan next week. So Super excited. Just tune back for that. Uh, I convinced my boss's boss's boss to let me take out his brand new Tesla Model S to test Earth? out the autopilot no. functionality. Oh. So that ve- that video actually just went up like while we were recording oh, the podcast. So, so cool. if you want to go see me drive but not drive a car, so and, f- and freak out yeah. by the oh way, my freak gosh. out. That's so <laughs> crazy. Freak Do you still out. control the gas? Nope, cruise control. I was just sitting in the chair. No feet, no hands. So what if you need I to was, stop? You do the brake. You can still stop. Well, Does the car do it? it, there's tra- it the cruise control is traffic adaptive. So if the car, you know, it sees with the radar, yeah. it sees the car in front of you slowing down, it slows down. But of course you can take over. And- I could do that for like 10 seconds. <laughs> that is <laughs> yeah. so, so uh, crazy. I, I encourage you, if you just search IGN Tesla, or maybe even throw in autopilot in the search term, that should, that should help you find it quicker. So check that out. Uh, our again, our Halo Five review, which is being done not by me but by Brian Albert. It was time again. We've established this week. I'm old, mm-hmm. so it was time for me to pass the torch to the young, the young generation. Whippersnappers. Brian Albert, our uh, another resident Halo super fan who just no- eats, sleeps, and breathes the series. He is doing our Halo Five review. That's going to hit Sunday night. But really, technically, Monday morning, twelve oh one a.m. Yeah, yeah. Monday Sunday morning. night into Monday morning. Uh, it will. I'll, I'll warn you ahead of time. It will be a review in progress. There will not be a number on it. If you want to complain about that, please don't, because there's a reason. For there's it. a reason for it. It's for you. Look, basically. I mean, yeah. Battlefield Four, Master Chief Collection. Call we've been duty. we've been burned so many times with uh, where we. You know, we, we revised our policy. We want to test these multiplayer-centric games out in the real world to mm-hmm. make sure that they're not, you know, really Terrible. busted up. Assassin's yeah. Creed Unity, another good example. So, uh, but the review, the review in progress that does go up will be the full campaign and multiplayer impressions. Just we're, we won't be ready to put the number on it until we evaluate how that, how that online launch goes mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Master so Chief Collection. Look yeah. for that. And then I will say next week's episode of Unlocked will be all Halo. It will be just – oh. it's going to yeah. be full spoilers, full – you know, all, all the gloves all come the off. <laughs> the gloves will come off. I'm warning you now with peace and love. <laughs> Do not listen. Skip next week's yeah. if you come back will not have it. played Halo 5 yet. And then, if you're uh, listening, you probably have played Halo yeah. Five. By well, then. the show will air so. Wednesday afternoon. You know, Wednesday at the end of the day, the game you comes be out able on to get Tuesday. The campaign. If you're yeah. hardcore listener to the show, you yeah, you probably you took, will you took have the played day the off campaign. work. Yeah. Let's be honest. And then I, I played. Uh, we got it in the office. I played until I beat it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to also promote one other. We got one other awesome upcoming thing from Lock. So next week is Halo Halo Chat. Uh, this week we're so kind. So blessed to have Nathan here with us. <laughs> and then it, uh, two weeks from now, November, the November 4th show, episode 219, the real Duke Nukem himself, John St. John, Whoa. is on the show. <laughs> really? That's so funny. That's Not awesome. a joke. Amazing. The, the, the college Duke meme, uh, the, 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 wow. the, the joke will come to a horri- horrifying <laughs> and definitive end when the real Duke Nukem sits in here. I actually had a million questions for him about Voice acting. And I want to know what college was like for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he. That's that's going to be good. So stay tuned for that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. You should totally. By the way, after talking to it, you should have him on in your next game that's, to do a voice of something. The guy's awesome. I already got something in mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah. Really nice guy. He was in here yesterday. We had a we had a good time. So, uh, for Nathan Vella, 
co-founder of Capybara Games, makers of Super Time Force, all its various offshoots mm. on, on every platform now. All of them, actually. Yeah. 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 And, of course, the upcoming below, Destin Legary, Shark Finnegan. My name's Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, f- IGN Prime's the last thing I'm supposed to say. <laughs> Subscribe to it. It's 30 bucks a year. Just strips no all the ads yeah. from IGN, makes it a better, much more experience. fun IGN experience. You can give us your $30 at IGN.com slash prime, and that $30 will keep you good for a year. Also go to IGN.com slash store and buy yourself a podcast and lock t-shirt. Why not? Mm-hmm. Well, if, cool. you're in, if you're in a shopping mood, and if you like the shirt I'm wearing that I made, you can buy it. Uh, I sell them on the link on my Twitter profile. So please take a look at that. And we're out of here. See you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you. This is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.